Welcome to Reliability Matters, a podcast for the electronic assembly industry. Each episode covers topics related to reliability, best practices, and environmentally responsible assembly techniques with insights from experts across the electronic assembly industry. Now, here's your host, Mike Conrad. Welcome back to the Reliability Matters podcast. I'm Mike Conrad, your podcast host. And I am not, as you can see, in my usual studio. Uh, I don't have the fancy backgrounds behind me. Uh, I am, though, in a far cooler place, warmer place, actually. I am on the beautiful Hawaiian island of Kauai. Why am I here? Why not? But why am I here? And it's because I'm attending the uh, SMTA Pan Pacific Microelectronic Symposium. Every year around this time, uh, SMTA produces this event. Uh, on one of the Hawaiian islands, it's been on the big island, it's been on Maui, it's been on Oahu, it's been here at Kauai, and it moves around, bebops around year after year. Uh, and as the, I'll, I'll, I'll plagiarize something that the uh, SMTA Executive Director, Tanya Martin, uh, told me once. Uh, she describes this as the conference of interesting things. And indeed, it is not your typical uh, technical conference. We don't spend the whole day talking about voiding or additives or all the usual automotive, all that. We talk about everything, including things that are outside of the uh, typical electronics uh, assembly space. Uh, very interesting things. Yesterday, we had some fascinating conversations about aging and about the uh, Einstein's special theory of, real, uh, of uh, relativity. I saw brains just explode uh, yesterday. Uh, it, it's an extremely interesting conference. So anyway, a little plug for the conference. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out for a call for papers for the 2024 version, and um, I would love to see you here on one of the Hawaiian islands. Today, uh, my guest is uh, Dave Raby. Uh, Dave is, uh, let me get a better shot on that. I have one somewhere, and there we go. Uh, Dave is the uh, uh, president of STI Electronics, which was founded in 1982 by David's uh, late great father, Jim Raby, and I already kind of admonish Dave, uh, pretend the audience isn't here when I'm going to violate that admonishment. How many people remember or know of Jim Raby out there? Yeah, several. Uh, Jim was uh, the kind of the industry father of mill standards. And uh, I remember back in the day, I uh, was on the Manufacturers Committee in China Lake, California. And uh, there was uh, all sorts of sentences and the standards, uh, 60 by, weapon spec 60 by 36, mill standard 2008. And it would basically say, this is the way you're supposed to do something. But if you don't do it this way, if you want to do it another way, it's subject to review with disapproval. <laughs> that kind of scared everybody. Like no one wanted to stray off the, uh, off the established standards. Um, and Jill uh, Raby was uh, also uh, the development of NASA and uh, Department of uh, Defense soldering schools. Over the last 40 years, SCI Electronics has expanded its focus from consulting and technical seminars to providing training, laboratory analysis, research, advanced research, development, microelectronics assembly, prototyping, and small to medium volume printed circuit board contract assembly uh, for our industry. So I have just shared your company experience. So maybe just provide a little color commentary, uh, David, on, on your company history, if I missed anything. Actually, I think you covered it quite well. Well, thanks for watching. <laughs> I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done. But, uh, for, no, we have been... I just want to get to the pool. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we have been around 40 years, uh, which is 
been very gone very quickly in some ways, very slowly in other ways, but I think life in general is like that. Um, in the 40 years, we have evolved from doing seminars and, and uh, that type of thing to we are now predominantly a contract manufacturer. Um, that's not what we started out as, but the, the common theme through the 40 years has been education. I mean, probably 10 to 15% of our business is still training or IPC center and then NASA center. And we do uh, some of our own STI programs. Uh, happy to customize one for you. Uh, but uh, it's all about doing that right. I mean, you know, you mentioned my dad, right? The specifications, it was about building hardware the same way every time having something reliable. Contract manufacturing is what we've evolved into primarily, and our focus is the customers that have mission-critical parts. Um, you won't see us building, yeah, yesterday, I think your talk mentioned flea collars and that type of thing. No electronic flea collars. We, we don't get to build those. Uh, I think we cost too much for building those. We don't have the systems in place to do that. We build things that have to work. You think your, your focus in high rel military type stuff has a lot to do with your father's legacy? Oh, Absolutely. Everyone just knows Ravy, the name Ravy, had knows that. It's associated with. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, I mean, it may be a chicken and egg thing. I'm not sure if they come to us because of Ravy or if it's Ravy is why we do this. Right. But I think you're right on the way. And those specs you talk about, I mean, I grew up with those on not you know, that was before we had the fancy copiers and collators. So I grew up collating you know, weapon specs on the living room floor while I was in junior high school and high schools. So I, Every business has challenges. And the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, states that 75% of all businesses that start up are gone within 10 years. 75%. That's a 25% success rate. And it's higher in some industries, lower in other industries, but the aggregate is 75% failure rate. Uh, I think in our industry, it's, it's maybe even tougher uh, because I was thinking that number was high. If you run a bar, if you run a bar, that's a dicey industry, probably a higher uh, failure rate, but not a lot changes. Right? It's kind of the same methodology over and over and over again. Same with the restaurant. Not a lot of huge innovation in, in those industries. Our industry has changed since we started this podcast uh, you know, 10 minutes ago. So uh, what do you attribute, looking back with 2020 hindsight, what do you attribute uh, to your success that you have well-defined the gods of lasting more than 10 years? Uh, and you're in an industry that is just rapidly changing, uh, which, again, I think ups the odds of failure. Uh, so w what would you say are some of the foundational principles that have allowed your company to remain not just in business, but on the successful side of business? Um, good question. We have, um, we have done a lot of work to stay up to date on those changes. Um, whether it's SMTA events like, like this one, uh, you know, all the, the other programming that goes on, uh, we've done, we've tried to stay up to date on that. We've been 
stubborn as far as sticking to what we know we can do. Uh, yes, we go out and try new things, and the things we're doing now are different than what we were doing uh, five years ago, definitely different than what we were doing 40 years ago, but we've tried a lot of other things that pulled back on those. It's like, okay, that, that seemed like a good idea, but it really didn't work. Um, but mainly just keeping up to date on the technology. And uh, I, I remember mid-80s, Surface Mount came along and being told that within five years, you'll never see another three-wheel part. And that seemed pretty convincing on that. But uh, and I haven't seen a three-wheel part since last Thursday when I left coming over. I mean, yeah, they are still around. They're still around. No. But having said that, Sports are a little different. The, the technology is a lot different. You find when, when you get a, a through-hole project that the challenge is having to remember how to handle those parts, you know, how to the bend the axle leads, you know, to, to get them through the hole but not fall out, you know, slight slight outward bend, whatever the case may be. Do you, do your does your team just natively know that, or do you have to care? Heat, continuous education on obsolete technology. Okay, yes and no. Some of the people that we have doing it, I won't say they weren't alive, but um, let's see, 86, some of them weren't alive when that was happening. So they didn't, you know, they're expert solders, but they didn't grow up doing that. Now, one piece of one thing that saves us on that is we sell a lot of training supplies. So you will, we'll train you or we'll sell you supplies so you can train your employees. And that training kit still has through all parts in it. And you have to form the leads, all the resistors, all of that kind of thing. And so everybody that's on through the classes and our people are the best trained people in the world because our classroom is walking distance to the manufacturing floor. Uh, they have had experience doing that. Now, I'm not sure it's really necessary that it be in there, but that's something that the industry has been slow to change on those standards. And so when we Google something, a through hole, uh, we have to dust off the solder machine and that kind of thing, but, uh, but we can add the extra. You know, I started a business 31 years ago from my garage, and if I managed to fall into the majority of businesses that fail, I would have felt terrible, but it just would have been me. Right, right. It's just me. You, I think, had a much more challenging presentation because you were given the business by your family, uh, primarily your father. I know your mom works at it too, but primarily your, your father who built it. and. You know, you basically had one job. Don't screw this up, David, right? Because it, it was working. And I think that is a whole lot more pressure than starting something from scratch because the odds are in favor of you failing. So if you fail, it's like, well, 75% all failed. Yeah, he's just normally. In your case, you had a successful business enterprise, much different than it is today. We'll talk about that. But you had to not screw it up. You had to keep it going. To, uh, did, at the moment, in the moment, did you feel that pressure? Oh yeah. Now, having said that, my father, my father, myself, and my mother all started the business, so I was in there from the beginning. Now, 
we were there because of my dad and his brains and his his savvy the technology and all of that kind of thing but i was there from the beginning so it wasn't like just one day that all that pressure hit and right. it was a family business and you kind of be after right exactly so it wasn't like i just walked in off the street one day from for working at that bar and you talked about and said hey i'm going to do this so piano responsibility oh like that became yours and well, yes. I, I mean i'm sure i'm sure you had your yeah. father looking over your shoulder oh yeah all your son right? yeah exactly yeah. and uh yeah there there was a lot of pressure i mean and, and you know when we started the business there was you know my parents well i won't say their whole life savings but most of their life savings went into it my whole life savings went into it my whole life savings was like seven dollars 23 cents at the time right, right. and probably a positive number but maybe it could have been negative set toward hard and so he from that point of view it was like don't mess up mom and dad's i um uh, that's a lot of pressure yeah i would think so i, I would think so uh no businesses without challenge i i do business as a video game where you start off with five lives the first level you're down to three lives you get to the second level it's harder there's more monsters there's more trapdoors. Um, you finish the second level, you have one life left. Third level is even harder. And it, that's just how business is. Every yeah. year, sometimes every week, it just gets more difficult. The rules change. No one tells you. I just have to kind of figure it out on the flight. Uh, and so there are always challenges. What, in the last several years, there's been very unique challenges. Yeah. Talk about supply chain, about labor shortages, there were a cold pandemic where no one was stepping out of their home. And I don't know, all of that, I thought stuff so what are what what in your world and what are some of the kind of daily routine challenges that you're you're just used to you know bending off and maybe spend a few minutes talking about what are some of the unique challenges over the last several years that have landed not just on our industry but specifically in your in your business i think the the daily just say daily unique means they're different from day to day. But, uh, you know, we now have approximately 60 employees and you yep, on a given day, some of them may be having a bad day. Uh, there can be equipment that's breaking down. There can be um, a regular customer that hasn't paid their bill in a little longer than they normally would. And uh, so those are, those are, typical daily things that we get involved in you know there's you get in supply chain and um covid and all of that type of thing that brought on whole new chapters that we get into if you want to but that's um yeah uh, i've got a really good team of people that they take care of most of the day-to-day let me get out and do things like this and um they'll send me an email that uh, you know, here's what happened today. And I, I find it works best and it's taken me a long time to learn this. And I know you've looked, you've done the same thing, but it, it works best if I read their email and then don't respond immediately and let them solve the problem. It's probably better than if I said, do this, do this. I'll get done. So. I'm getting more and more to that, and it's been life has gotten better, 
That's a hard it, trick. If you're the head of a company, it's, it's, a, it's a hard trick to learn. We're the last to speak. Yes. Because we got to where we are by speaking up, right, and pulling a title shop. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my title is president CEO, and I've said for years that I really want to be more CEO, which is the long-term guy, right. as opposed to the president. The person in the host asked. Yes, as opposed to the president, which is what's, from, what's the fire today. Right. And I'm, I'm graduating that way. But and I find a good response, and it, it, it took a long time. This, this did not come naturally for me. But when my team would ask me a question, I, I would just stop myself from providing an answer and respond with, what do you think? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. We got really smart people. Yeah. And then, well, you got to let them be smart. Right. Right. You know, my goal as a business person is to be the stupidest person in the world. Yes. Because I think I'm a, fairly bright. You're fairly bright. Brighter than me, probably. And, but if, if I can be the stupidest person in the world, I'm going to be in good company. Right. I live well protected. Let me interrupt with a quick anecdote that when uh, you ask if I would come do this over here, uh, my wife has come to the conference several times with me, and um, I told her that you asked me to do this, so I was going to be a speaker here at Panpack, and she says, isn't that where all the smart people are? Oh, in public. <laughs> when? <laughs> I think we're married to very similar people. Right? So, you're... you're uh, uh, well, you're never, never a prophet in your own home. But I think that's a, a good saying. Uh, we are in a very fast-paced industry. Things change as we're sitting here. Things have changed. Uh, the way we did things, the way we ran our business to get us from A to B will not get us from B to C. The rules keep changing. So we have to adapt. In, in a general business sense, we have to adapt to business skills. In our world, we have to adapt to business skills. We have to learn new technology, right? It's, it's both. How, I can almost answer this question for you. Uh, I was going to say, how do you keep up with continuous education? One of the answers is go back, right? I other other conferences. Um, but as a general rule, in between conferences, we don't have conferences every day. We actually have their work and build some. Uh, how do you personally keep up on the latest trends and uh, technologies and methodologies, and how do you uh, filter that through the ranks of your company so that uh, they are up to date on, you know, you don't want them to see a QFN for the first time and go, where are the leads? You know, they can't see the leads. Where do we bend it? You know, obviously, they need to be aware of right. modern technologies. How do, you, how do you do that? Personally, I read a lot. I read a lot of uh, industry newsletters that come out. I listen to podcasts. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting here with you, but yours is what, but it, like, it comes out a couple of times a month and I make sure that, that, that I listen to it. Um, there's a, a few others that I make sure that I listen to and they, that kind of keeps me up on changing things. The conferences you mentioned, whether it's Panpack, which this one, this one is an odd one because it is a lot of different subjects, but it's very good subjects interesting subjects. Um, SOTAI is a big one. Um, just got back from Apex. That's a good one also. Um, so that's what I do. And as far as the company goes, we have people that go to some of those um, either as attendees or presenters. And um, so they're keeping up through, through that. Uh, and then one of the things you know, uh, when we stayed up front, I'm against COVID. But 
one of the benefits of COVID, one of the good things that's come from COVID is all of the online sessions and all the online training that's happening. And like SMTA now, the way the new membership works, my company's got 20 people that can be in it. And we can go to a chapter meeting in Seattle then, because the subject is interesting. Used to be I wouldn't send 20, you know, I wouldn't get to send people to Seattle for a chapter meeting, but now we can. And so we're trying to stay up on that kind of thing. Uh, we have from a uh, more basic technology, we're very active in the IPC specification programs. We have uh, people that are heads of the committees writing the standards. So we make sure we keep up to date on that. So every time one of them comes back from a meeting or has a, a conference fall meeting, we get a briefing and all of our all of our top people get a briefing on what's going on. Here's what we're, they're looking at changing from this to this or something like that. Um, before we wrap up, I want to ask you two bits of advice to share with me and our live audience and our, our virtual audience. Uh, what advice would you give to someone wanting to start a business in general? Okay. Uh, and maybe even specifically the changes, the advice, a business within our space. Like they want to start a contract manufacturer. They want to start a, some type of service company within our space. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you another advice question, but let's start with that. What advice would you give someone uh, who is thinking about starting their own business? Hey, I encourage it. I mean, it, it is having, having your own business. It, 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 that there's a lot of benefits to go with it. There's a lot of headaches, a lot of stress, all of that that goes with it, but there's still nothing quite like, um, find something you're passionate about because you're going to be married to that business. Um, you know, I mean, I, I have, especially if your family is involved, but if there's no way you could do this without your family being involved, whether they're on the payroll or they're just putting up with you when you get home, uh, you know, because it's going to be talked about on every family vacation, which every vacation is going to be scheduled around which conference you're going to on, you know, either you're going with me to this conference or we can't go that week because I got to be in this place, uh, you know, every, every holiday you're thinking about your business. Um, so don't get into something unless you're willing to put that commitment in. Having said that, if you've got the passion, do it. It's going to figure out how much money it's going to take you to do it, how much time it's going to take you to do it. And then at least double both of those because it takes a lot a lot more time, a lot more uh, dollars than you think it's going to because nothing happened this past. And, uh, but whether I would encourage somebody to be a contract manufacturer or not, I don't know that I, uh, that's a rough business. The mark, the margins are small, um, cash flow could be horrible, uh, which is a bad way to get started. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of investment and in equipment required. But, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you've got the backing to do it, it'd be helpful. Every warning. Yes. Yes. I think something that's difficult makes it even more difficult. Right. I don't want to talk you out of it, but <laughs> make sure you know what you're getting into. And we only have like three minutes left. So, okay. uh, real quick, what advice would you give to someone looking for a contract manufacturer? Okay. There are 
And I can't give the 30 minute answer here in three minutes, but, <laughs> but uh, the, um, there are a lot of different types of contract manufacturers. If you're wanting to get that, uh, something relatively disposable, like that electronic flea collar that you, you mentioned, there are people that are really good at building that. If you want to build three of something that have to work, there are people that are really good at building that. That's the end that I'm on, but there's, you know, there's all kinds of space in between. And, it, and in between, we can, can mix and match it, be a little bit competitive. But figure out what you're looking for. If you're, if you're looking to build that flea collar, you don't need to come to me with the quality systems that are made to build medical devices right, or military hardware. Um, you, are, uh, you can go to somebody that has the different systems in place that they don't have to do that. But if you're building something, you know, if you've come up with a new pacemaker, uh, come to somebody like me because everything we build, by the time it goes out the door, it's going to work. And that's more important to you than getting them on the shelf at Target. So to summarize, what I, what I heard was figure out what level of expertise is required to build your product, medium, high, low, whatever. And look for someone where that's kind of the center of their lane. Exactly. And, and everybody making a leap down or a leap up. Right. Everybody thinks their, their product is the most important thing and it's got to, yeah, sure, it's got to work. But in reality, that's not the case on everyone out there. But wonderful. Well, David, I promised this would go by in like eight seconds. I hope it felt like eight seconds. Uh, but thank you for flying all the way to Hawaii to be on the show. I, I know that's the only reason they're there. That's it. Thank you. It was quite a sacrifice. We thank us. Thanks for that. Thanks for doing this for our industry. It's a really good educational podcast, other than this one. But yeah, this is yeah. I, I enjoy doing it. I get to ask questions. Some people will say, "How do you ask such good questions?" I said, "Well, I'm relatively ignorant, so I just ask questions for things I don't know about, and I don't know about a lot of things." So uh, I, I think it's it's a great ride that I'm on because I get to speak to uh, yeah leading experts, subject matter experts, and uh, people from. Uh, the EDU world, the people, other scientists, and people from manufacturing, and, and I just get, no, I get an education. I think, uh, I think I'm owed a degree of some sort, but you know, we'll, I'll talk to Dr. Ron on that and see if we can work something out. Well, yeah, it really is a uh, service you do for the Oh, thank you. I just appreciate it. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, to my uh, to my audience and to our subscribers, thank you for listening or thank you for watching. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, be sure and click the subscribe button so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, the Reliability Matters YouTube channel, uh, be sure and click on the subscribe and bell icon so you can be notified when new episodes are released. We release new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. My thanks also to Mike Butto of Student Assembly Magazine. He produces PCB Chat, which show is syndicated there. And my friend and colleague, Fred Schenkelberg uh, at Ascendo Reliability that also syndicates this show on reliability.fm. So regardless of where you're um, listening to this or watching this, thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the Reliability Matters podcast. Join us on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month for new episodes of Reliability Matters.